This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio, where professional readers give voice to articles from Canada's best general interest magazine. I'm your host, Roger Ashby. Revenge of the Raccoons flips the narrative about the much-despised pests, but it's also a story for grown-ups. Lori Wilson reads, Vivek Shreya proves kids' books can help us explore messy truths by Angela Misery. This is an article titled, Vivek Shreya Proves Kids' Books Can Help Us Explore Messy Truths by Angela Misery. The thing about raccoons, and maybe especially raccoons in big cities like Toronto, is that there's nothing simple about them. They are part of our streets and communities, yet we treat them as though they don't belong. They hang out not just in trees, but also on our porches and in our garages. We think they're adorable until they expertly pry open our green bins. We chase them out of our yards, but only after we snap a photo for Instagram. As a fiction author who has written several books on the experience of being an outsider, including one starring a raccoon, I recognized Vivek Shreya's protagonists in Revenge of the Raccoons as kindred spirits right away. The children's book, published in October, captures Shreya's fascination for the creatures, as well as their complicated relationship with humans. Set in Toronto, it's a story about neighbours, outsiders and fences, about who belongs and who was here first. Quote, I think some people will genuinely read this book and think it's a cute book about raccoons, and I don't think that's a bad thing, Shreya told me in a phone conversation in October. But, quote, some of the social issues might get lost. A seven-time Lambda Literary Award finalist, Shreya is known for her groundbreaking work as an artist, musician, and author who brings awareness to social issues. Her 2017 album, Part-Time Woman, performed with the Queer Songbook Orchestra, deals with questions around what defines femininity. Her 2018 best-selling book, I'm Afraid of Men, reflects her experience as a trans femme. Given our shared backgrounds, I was interested not only in Shreya's latest work, but also its backstory. Shreya and I are both South Asian and are both from Alberta, and she lived in Toronto for 15 years before joining my alma mater, the University of Calgary, as an assistant professor in 2018. Like me, Shreya's first run-ins with raccoons were in Toronto, the city I've called home for more than 20 years. Raccoon sightings are the city's version of cat memes, she says, recalling one popular video of a raccoon reaching for a donut from the ceiling of a coffee shop. When she set out to write about them, Shreya initially conceived of a dystopic young adult story about raccoons taking over the city. But that direction felt more serious than she intended, so she pivoted to a picture book instead. Quote, the format of children's books actually really excites me, she says, because it's kind of like poetry, and it really forces you to be so selective about your word choice. It's no secret that writing for children through the lens of non-human characters frees grown-up writers to get playful. But it can also, sneakily, get us to open up our minds. Revenge of the Raccoons opens with silhouettes of raccoons preparing to descend on a donut shop in the dead of night. Over the following pages, the stripe-tailed characters rollick about the city, causing havoc, disrupting everything from the bank to the drugstore. I can attest that none of these incidents seem out of character for the raccoons I have met in real life. 
Illustrator Juliana Neufeld plants intricate details on every page, from a sour key being hurled out into the night to the stained red seats that seem to blur against the speed of the raccoon who scampers through the subway car. Though seemingly small, these details play an important role in the young reader's experience. I have seen how, when children can't quite recognize letters and words themselves yet, they love being able to identify something in a storybook, especially fun details parents might have missed. They give children a feeling of pride in the practice of reading that has nothing to do with the sometimes rote process of learning to decipher words. Neufeld uses visual cues to guide the young reader through the story's moods. A dramatic and dark color scheme on the opening pages evokes how, quote, we often feel fearful of something that we don't know, she says. But as the story proceeds from darkness to daytime, quote, I wanted there to be that transition of you starting to see that these characters are actually a lot funnier and not that different from us. Halfway through the story, Shreya flips the script. Having followed the raccoons through their nightly foraging routines, her story shifts to the responsibility their human neighbors must bear for displacing the animals through urbanization. It is here that the only quotation marks appear in the book, placed strategically around a phrase I've used myself to refer to raccoons. Quote, You call us trash pandas. You call the police the raccoons say, on the page. Three of them tease and mock two police officers by snatching one of their hats and dodging behind a trash bin. Quote, There's something about that that's kind of derogatory, Shreya says of the moniker. What does it mean to call living beings trash? To her, the word evokes a growing culture of disposability in which, quote, certain bodies and certain beings in our world are treated as more disposable and therefore more penalized. Shreya insists that she doesn't want to draw any direct racial comparisons between raccoons and humans. But, she says, quote, I know what it's like to be a being in the world that is feared and to be feared irrationally. And so, in some ways, I almost felt a social responsibility to interrogate my own fear of these beings. It felt important to remind myself, who is the real outsider here? Quote, it was you who came for us and built houses everywhere, the raccoons in the story lament, as a few of them watch workers in trucks tearing down trees that could have been their home for generations. Raccoons may be outsiders now, but they didn't become outsiders by accident. Quote, thinking about my place, thinking about land in relation to being a settler, says Shreya, is one thread in the story. Quote, what does it mean to have a negative relationship with other beings who you share space with and feel entitled to that space, despite the fact that you weren't actually there first? Neufeld points to the children in her illustrations, whom she drew such that they look more at ease with their raccoon neighbors. Quote, It's more of the adults who are having a hard time, she says, which I think speaks to how we learn and interpret difference. In my experience, it's not usually kids you see chasing raccoons out of the backyard. They're more likely to crowd around and call their friends over to look. It's why I've written children's books about a human zombie apocalypse and the cats, raccoons, and hamsters who save us from the end of the world. I know that these oft-underestimated characters will find a way into a kid's heart. It is theorized that discrimination and prejudice are learned behaviors. 
and they originate out of a combination of factors that include noticing differences, something adults are so much more practiced at than kids. When I tell a kid that someone they've known as a man is now identifying as a woman, they barely blink. When I tell an adult, their reaction is less guaranteed and more likely to be judgmental. This is Shreya's second book for kids. Her first, The Boy and the Bindi, was published in 2016. In some ways, writing for younger readers is not a departure from her usual work, but a continuation of it. Quote, I do think the book is still imbued with one of the ways that I work as an artist, that I'm passionate about, trying to get readers to think beyond ourselves about the world at large and how to coexist with others. She says, This year marks Shreya's 20th anniversary of working as a professional artist. She laughs a little self-consciously as she tells me about the milestone. Part of her, she says, feels silly making a big deal out of this particular work anniversary. But she also points out that there's that extra layer of persevering as a brown, queer artist that she is especially proud of, both in herself and in others. It's why she founded the award-winning V.S. Books, an imprint of Arsenal Pulp Press in 2017, and has since helped guide authors, including Taya Matanji and Cicely Balblain, through the publishing process in a way that isn't commonly available to BIPOC writers. The way she tells it, Shreya struggled to convince editors and publishers to take on this project. Quote, I started pitching this book in 2018, she says. It, quote, went through a lot of hands to get to the physical state. Maybe this is just my experience, but when I get through the door, whatever that door is, they never invite me to stay. I often have to prove myself with every single project, she says. I have to knock on the door, push down the door, ask for an invitation, whatever it is. It's not just her experience, of course. I'm well past my sixth book for kids, and I still struggle to find publishing homes for my writing. Not only are many editors looking for stereotypical stories from me that pull from the Indian diaspora, but also the message I get is that every new story is a new risk for publishers, and they know they can sell the stereotype. Every story that breaks the mold, like Cherry Dimaline's incredibly popular young adult book, The Marrow Thieves, proving that good science fiction isn't just created by or for white males, gives me hope that my characters will find a home as well. But that door still exists in a way I know it doesn't for everyone. And yet, I also know, as does Shreya, that we have an appreciative audience. Quote, I actually just had the opportunity to record a little performance video of a grade 5 class here in Calgary, all dressed up as raccoons and actually reciting the text, she says. It was so joyful. Even now, it kind of gives me chills. Having spent her career talking about oppression, Shreya says, she intended for the book to be joyful. Quote, as I age, the more the question of, are you having fun, feels just as important. That was an article titled Vivek Shraya Proves Kit's Books Can Help Us Explore Messy Truths by Angela Misery. 
You've been listening to Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio, produced by Don Dickinson. Audio engineering by Bill Shackleton and Jacob Shemansky. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. And I'm your host, Roger Ashby. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider giving us a rating and review, and subscribe for more. I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.